After a decade, We Bought a Mic is reuniting. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is our first single. <laughs> mm. Stomp. Oh, yeah. Clap. Wow. <sighs> have you ever like heard music? Like you heard a song about the Beatles and you're like, God, I would give anything to have written that song. Yeah. Like that's how I feel about every Jeremy Renner song. It's like, um, it's uh, he should call himself Envision Lizards. Cause he's the shitty Imagine Dragons. Oh man, <laughs> jeez. All right, welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast where we t- week we talk film, music, television, a healthy mix. Wow, a fun banter and careful critical analysis. Um, did you know that I just watched uh, a like a Hallmark Christmas movie that featured a fake French accent as the male lead? And it wasn't Merry Christmas? No, I've been watching a lot of them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It is it's, November. It's that kind of season. Yeah. I'm earnest. I am uh, a little bit, slightly later than usual, Hunter Mobley. Mm. Daylight Savings Time, shout out to the farmers. A little later or a little earlier? A little bit later. Yeah, you're fucking welcome, farmers. I'm fully depressed now. It's dark when I wake up, basically. Uh, and I don't have a name anymore. So... We don't have too much to get to on the pod today. Um, we could do maybe a little bit of Watchmen talk at the end, but Drew is is a little behind, so we might have to catch up on our catch-up, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. Uh, so just news today, and I want to start off with a little streaming wars, because they're heating up. <sighs> Apple TV Plus is out into the world, but first, let's talk about HBO Max, because... We kind of talked about this when they announced the Studio Ghibli uh, add-on that's mm-hmm. coming. So HBO Max won't be launching until next year, but they are ramping the fuck up. Uh, they announced a whole bunch of stuff that is confirmed, some exclusive, some not. And among that, I wrote down Rick and Morty, South Park, uh, Conan with two new stand-up specials, I believe. That's big. Mm. And a whole bunch of DC Comics stuff mm. that I didn't even get into. And, and they didn't even uh, like get into details of it. They basically just said that just how Marvel is going to be doing Marvel shit on Disney+, Plus, they're going to be doing DC shit on HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, another big push for them is because they have Turner under their umbrella now. So not only can they have stuff from like the TNT and True TV and that whole stuff, but also they have access to TMC Classics. Nice. Which is big. So a bunch of old that, like, Criterion type stuff. That might even cut it because there are like some TMC classes that classics that are on the Criterion channel right now. So I don't know if they'll take the sole rights to those. But the other big push is the price point. Fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks. Let's go. I pay Let's go, twelve dollars a month right now. So for three dollars more, I get all this extra yeah. stuff. Well, where do you pay it through? I pay it through uh, Amazon. Okay, Prime. so this is some of the things that are slowly being ironed out and, and cleared up. Because when they first announced this whole thing, it was so murky and confusing. And now it seems like what's going to happen is if you pay through uh, HBO directly, not through a cable provider 
or a Hulu or an Amazon. Yeah, because why would they want that? You don't have to pay anything else. If you already have HBO now directly through yeah. HBO, you're just going to get HBO Max automatically. Um, but people like us who pay through Amazon, maybe not. They might, you know, get some sort of deal done between now and then that makes the, the transition free for us but as of now then it's not quite seamless well, okay so there is so just quickly on that point um one thing so apple has said before aside from just having their apple plus things they want that to be your new tv guide and i think that amazon is going to try and have a similar marketing strategy yeah. because they already have it where you can buy channels so i think that they're those two are going to be kind of going head to head Apple versus Amazon on you can come to this one platform and it has all of your other streaming services packaged right in this one ni nice neat little bundle. Yeah, um another thing to keep in mind is that uh AT&T and Warner Media own HBO and so like there's not a doubt in my head that if you get your internet through AT&T there will be bundles that they're going to push on you. Like Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure, sure if you sign up with them you'll get free HBO Actually, Max, they, et cetera. Uh, they've announced a version of this. Like if you, yeah. like it was I, just gonna happen. I think, I don't know if it's still called this, but Uverse, which was AT and T's like yeah. TV thing. I think if you have that, you're just gonna get this or some sort of free trial or something like that. Uh, but what do you guys think about some of the the content, like the Rick and Morty and the South Park and the Conan? Um, I'm DC. I'm excited for some Conan stand up. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Uh, the only equivalent we really have is he did a uh, White House Correspondents Dinner not too long ago, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, he is good at working a crowd. Uh, Rick and Morty, never heard of it. Right. Um, South Park. Uh, that's the one with like those little kids. I don't. What what is that? <laughs> also, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Bunch of Looney Tunes hey, stuff coming. back in action. Well, yeah. I mean, they also they already have Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. um, Are they going to bring Brendan Fraser back for Looney Tunes back in action part two? They fucking better. Yeah. So I mean, what you're getting at, like, this is why HBO is doing it better than Apple right now because we'll get into Apple in a few minutes, but. Apple is launched and they only have original content. They don't have anything else to sell this with where I'm not going to sign up for $10, $15 a month so I can have new episodes every week of a couple originals Yeah, where this is, I mean, this they already have the backlog. They're doing it the Netflix route. And also before we get into Apple, we should mention that uh, Peacock, which is where your uh, boom, daily boom, boom. where your daily injection of the office is going to be so you can uh, sleep soundly in this corrupt world we live in mm -hmm. uh, considering being completely free uh, that would mean ads very obviously um, I think you mentioned Hunter earlier when we were talking mm -hmm. about it Hulu started this way yep um, so I'm sure it wouldn't stay that I way miss those days but that is uh, quite a move and it uh, opens up some of my debt money to go to a different streaming service a la hbo max yeah uh before we uh move on to apple i just wanted to shout out some of the uh max originals exciting mm -hmm. max originals that they have on their website um a Ma new perhaps a max keeble original oh i fucking mm. wish they, oh ha they still have max keeble <laughs> they're not giving it to disney no they Plus. need they need to make a um, a Force Awakens esque Max Keeble film where he passes on the mantle of the 
the student to a, a new, yeah. I guess, freshman. Is he a freshman? Um, probably. Big, no, big there, freshman there's some weird like middle school, high school deal. Okay. Probably. You know, I don't even know. I feel like Max is like 23. And, <laughs> anyway, uh, Adventure Time is going to, there's going to be new Adventure Time. There's something called Ellen DeGeneres Home Design Challenge. Wow. Nothing, nothing uh, wrong yeah, about just, her. I'll just, I'll just sound them off. Stop me if something catches your, your ear. The Flight Attendant. From uh, Greg Berlanti. I'm waiting for you to get to the one. Gossip Girl. Yes, here we are, Hunter. This is the one. (laughs) Close. I used to. Very close. I watched a good amount of Gossip Girl with an X. Really, as far as like pulpy girl shows go, go, it's it's one of the best of all time. Like truly, way better than Pretty Little Liars. Something called Legendary. Something called Let Them Talk. Okay, so you're just saying words basically because we have no background. There is one big one though. And that's um, love life from Paul Feig. I you're, oh, you're okay. I don't know. Should I just say what I like? Raised by wolves. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're dancing around it. You, I, mi- you might as well just like the new show from director Denis Villeneuve. A oh, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. They based don't have on, on the here. side story of Dune. It has been confirmed. Right. I think there's a title for it. It's, um, it's, it's like, yeah, it's. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like Denis Villeneuve is actually kind of he's like co-show running it, and he is directing some episodes. They don't have it on their website. I I don't know why, but it's. Not I know that it, it is like yeah. in production now. Yeah, like no, it's happening. We have heard about that one. Um, yeah, so that's cool. There is also one other really, really big thing that's going to bring a lot of people to the site because they have Turner under their umbrella. This is a little bit of inside baseball, oh, or I got- should I say inside basketball for you, but there is a big new TV deal that's coming up in 2021, mm-hmm. and HBO Max is trying to figure out how to incorporate live television broadcasts into the streaming program without raising the price. Let's Which get it. Everyone is going to try that. I mean, that's that's the way. That is how you kill cable yeah. for good. Because Dude, that's the that one was... thing that cable has is live sports. Did you know live that? Did you TV. know that Hulu has live sports? Did you happen to catch that on TV? So, all right. I guess that brings us to our ad for the day. Um, Seagrams. <laughs> I'm Baker Mayfield, and uh, I'm two and six, and Hulu has live sports. And uh, <laughs> people made mistakes. Give me all. I this mean, money. that's that's what uh, High Flying Bird was all about. Yeah, it's, it's it's how this is going to happen. Yeah, like, because you're gonna. Half of, it's not an if. It's a yeah. Because yeah. like half of the NBA is currently airing on TNT. No one really. Yikes. It's been there for so long that you you don't really stop and think about how dumb that is. But this is TNT, and imp- like crucially, TNT has inside the NBA with Charles and Kenny and Ernie, the best sports talk show like ever, ever, easily of ever. All time. Imagine if HBO Max got that somehow. That's a move. I mean, that's that's the whole plan is if yeah, they actually if, do have live broadcasts. If they get inside the NBA, that's that is a move because that's where a show like that belongs. Like a pre- it's presti- prestige, even though it's not precious. Um, it's it's the best sports show Presti- that there is. Prestigious, prestigious, prestige based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. Speaking of wanting to be prestige, <laughs> we need to talk about wanting to be prestige. I like that. <laughs> we need to talk about the new Apple shows. Oof. They're out, mm. dropped Friday, mm-hmm. and I caught the first 10 minutes of For All Mankind uh, and a snippet of the morning show. So I'm not quite ready to talk about the actual content of these shows, uh, but from what I've read, they're not great, and it's interesting how they're approaching this because 
they only dropped nine shows on Friday. Uh, stupid. And bad move. bad move. Only like three of them are actual like scripted TV shows. Um, there's those two that I just mentioned. There's the C, C. with uh, Momoa uh, and Dickinson. Yep. Uh, with Haley Steinfeld. Dickinson has gotten the best reviews out of the four from what I've seen general consensus wise. It seems really fun. I do love Haley Steinfeld. I think that she is great. Mm. So I do want to support her and everything. Did you know that the morning show is already one of the most illegally downloaded? The first episode is one of the most illegally downloaded episodes of TV. It's Jenny Aniston. (laughs) Because why would people pay $15 a month for this? Like, and it's not even, they dropped the whole season. Listen, Apple TV Plus is only $5 a $5. month. $5. And all of the first episodes of all these shows are available for free. And um. you can basically get a f- one-year free trial if you've purchased an Apple product the last three months, which statistically is most people. <laughs> so they're kind of giving this away a little bit. If I, if I buy a dongle, will I get Apple <laughs> Probably. Plus? So yeah. they might, they're just like, please watch this. I we put, one. We yeah. put like a billion dollars into these shows. Yeah, I I, I don't even want to get into that just yet because, I ha- again, I haven't seen the shows. But I'm, I'm really fascinated by how Apple is like approaching the whole ecosystem side of this because that's what that's what they're really good at. They keep everyone in this digital ecosystem on all their devices, and they work their asses off to make sure that you don't that you don't stray off of that, that you stay within that. And this TV rollout, now that it's finally here, it's so fascinating to me how it seamlessly goes into that. Because if you have a new iPad or phone and you just have the Apple TV app, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's so it's not e- you don't even have to do anything. It's two taps away and you're watching these shows and it's such a nice app. It's so clean. It, it sucks that apparently the quality of the shows aren't well that good. There are a lot more coming. Also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A the, whole lot more. The Spielberg shit and the JJ shit. All Is that. it Co- Chazelle show? Yeah. Kumail show. Yes. Yes. But I think it's it's really the the big thing here is that they want to be it's kind of like what you said about Amazon mm-hmm. about how they want to be like this sort of cable box yes. type thing that's what they're positioning themselves as because yeah. if you go on this app and you sync your accounts your HBO account and all your other accounts it curates that for you and it knows what your viewing behaviors are and it perfectly uh, changes like the u the user interface to match what you're watching and what you're about to be watching and what they think you should be watching, and I think that's that's genius. It's really cool, like actually how they did it. But I feel like this has been such a snafu from a marketing position because aside from the fact that there was some negative review before it launched for the shows themselves, I didn't see anything like on like there was no buzz from just general audience people about the show like this kind of has to be like a very disappointing weekend for them because i think that they wanted this when disney plus launches people are going to be all over twitter talking about like hey guys just got all my friends together watch the black cauldron like that's going to be just something that people do because again they do have the back catalog and everything else to thrive off of nostalgia but 
it just kind of seems like this came out and maybe it also is because it's so well integrated into Apple stuff that it was just kind of there. Yeah. And people, there was no big hoorah or anything about that. The only people that I've been hearing talking about it are people who are paid to talk about it. Yeah. Like it's, television. It's actually critics. critics. I haven't seen anything from just like general audience people. Yeah. Uh, I do want to quickly chime in about for all mankind. Cause that's the one that I did catch like the first 10, 15 minutes of. And the show starts with, the man, a man landing on the moon but guys it's a soviet russian man <gasps> yeah yeah whoa that's that's the whole premise of the show. whoa <laughs> <laughs> is that it is that all that you saw no the the other funny thing is that like he lands on the moon and he says something but it's in russian so they're like oh we're gonna have to get a translation here to know what he said when he landed on the moon <laughs> and then they read it out and they're and it's something like this one's for all my leninist and marxist brothers out there we are Great. doing this for mother russia so, some, something like that I, I kind of i wish that that show was getting because that was the one show that was coming out at launch that seemed interesting to me it seemed like it had some potential there it wasn't just like hey we just paid like we're paying $250 million just to have Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell on a set together mm-hmm. in a show that seems kind of whatever anyways. I've heard, I, I've I, heard it's, it's good, but not as good as it wants to be. Well, it, I mean, even before it came out and all the trailers, you could just tell that it seemed like it was going to take itself very seriously. Yeah. And in reality, like, They've talked about the how much of a budget went into that show. It's one of the most expensive shows ever in television history. Just because of the actors? And you're like, what? <laughs> what about the show is going to be Jeez. going to warrant yes. costing C, that much money? C looks more expensive. C Post-apocalyptic. Is, man, I, who told somebody at Apple that Jason Momoa could carry a television show? Because I and can to, already tell right now that's not going to go great. And to call it C. Yeah, that's the people are like, they just type in the letter C on Google. They're like, I don't know what is it. I don't know. That oh, is. the other thing about for all mankind is like when that's happening, when the moon landing's happening, we get a nice close up of Joel Kinnaman, our main hero, <laughs> and he's just like he's got this look on his face that he's like these damn Russians landed on my moon, not if I can help it. It's and I'm, I know I'm being unfair to the show because I only watched like the first 15 minutes, but I just based on that, it just seems like it's going to be a very, uh, you know, like the, the type of thing that's like, let's talk about today's day and age. Let's let's make a commentary about today's relationships mm. with with Russia. It might not be that. That was just the first impression I got. I mean, it kind of seems like that might be what they're going for here. I I. To be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to give any of these shows a a shot just because there's better things to watch. You know, that's very true. Watchmen. I want to see The Mandalorian. Got to check that out. Um, Uh, I have a tepid excitement for it. (laughs) I I'm just all in on that. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out. I feel like I'm being like choked with star wars content but uh um i I know that's a perfect spot for a transition but before i transition i did want to say i am really curious about dickinson that is one show that i really do want to check out because i've heard that it has like it's like a comedy Mm -hmm. but it's just set like it seems like it almost has the favorite vibes to it david gordon green is executive uh 
executive producing it, and I think they might direct the first episode or something like that. Um, I know that he is heavily involved, so I'm I'm curious by what that ha- what that could possibly be. Uh, what were the other things that came out? So the other things are something called the Elephant Queen, which is a elephant documentary, um, like a nature cool. doc type thing. You know, probably very very gorgeous and heartfelt nature dog that's their answer to disney plus having nat geo yeah yeah uh there's something else called helpsters which is just like a weird like sesame street-esque kid show uh and then something called ghost rider which looks like a nickelodeon type is it, is kid it a show sequel? is it a television series based on a ghost rider by nicholas cage no ghost right writer oh yeah so it's it's Nicolas Cage as a fiery uh, author of books. There's a Snoopy show, Snoopy in Space. Uh, the tagline is, the beagle has landed. <laughs> kill me. That's awesome. Whoa. Fucking kill me. That was a great time to come back in. And uh, an Oprah show, Oprah's book club show. And then oh. they, they actually list some of the things that are coming soon um, that aren't out yet. There's something called Servant that's an M. Night Shyamalan thing. Mm. There's something called Hala, uh, something called Truth Be Told, which stars Octavia Spencer and Aaron Paul. Yeah, I did hear about that. I mean, good for them. And some- we like them. And something called uh, My Chemical Romance uh, back in concert. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> How- Seamless. Ernest- Seamless transition. <laughs> you fucked up. It's actually that's the next thing we're going to talk about. That's not on the list. You my tabs are all out of whack. (laughs) So well, (laughs) MCR apparently is playing a show that it's already sold out in L.A. Yeah, it sold out like within less than an hour of them. Yeah, of course. No new album. No big thing yet. Not yet. But they're back. uh, Apparently, to welcoming open arms. I I'm was a little bit surprised by how happy people were by this. I mean, I figured like there'd just be people like, yeah, but like everybody is like, fuck yes. MCR, give it to me. I want, I really think that they are going to have a new album. It seems like, I mean, Gerard might just need a little bit of money. His whole, like his whole comic <laughs> book show on Netflix didn't Umbrella go over great. Academy. Yeah. I don't think that went over great. Um, so at least announce a tour, a full tour, so I can see them live. Yeah, I really want to. I don't want to hear anything new that they have to offer, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I don't want that. I would just love a tour. Um, they Not, not Big Danger Days guy? Um, it's, it's more the trajectory of, like, you're like, it's not going to get better after this. Yeah, after no seeing it for the boys, seeing it for the girls. <laughs> it's not going to get better. Um, regardless, though. Uh, they were huge for millions of uh, teens and tweens like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, really, truly a big deal for me. Um, How much you want to bet that most of the people at this concert are going to be like over 30, over 35? Uh, yeah. It's going to be a mix of that. It's going to be like 12 year olds. Oh, that are, well, yeah. Here's, believe me, I've been to like multiple Fallout Boy shows and stuff like ew. that. And they're like, yeah, but this is one show. I know. But I'm just saying that it's show. one of those things where it's going to be like a huge mix of different ages in there. And then like <laughs> it's going to be some like person, some like 12 year old girl, like standing in front of some like 45 year old dude who's just like losing his mind. And, yeah. I do think it will be a lot of elder millennials, though. Like, a lot of people on the edge of uh, X and Y. Yeah. Uh, 
I have a theory about why the response is so, so strong. In addition to them just being a good band who was great uh, for two albums, uh, their aesthetic has aged well because Ooh, yes. every kid has a goth phase. And think of them as the Nightmare Before Christmas of music. Timelessly, timeless looking. You can always wear their merch and it'll still I- look... Uh, appropriate for but a certain age. It's not just about the look. It's about the music, too. I, I guarantee you that there are 14-year-olds out there right now listening to the, uh, the Black Parade. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, yes. it's, it's timeless. I mean, it gets me. They're yes. the Nightmare Before Christmas of music. I said it here first. I know that that movie has music. Don't think about that when you're thinking about Midnight Metaphor here. Um, Is da- Danny Elfman still the lead singer for MCR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's because right, sure. the uh, the company I work for released a line of fucking Nightmare Before Christmas products. People went absolutely fucking apeshit bananas, cuckoo crazy nuts. They would come in to buy like one item of clothing and all of their items of clothing would already be Nightmare Before Christmas clothing. It's like, what is wrong with you people? Like... It's I like, mean Nightmare Before Christmas is a masterpiece. I it's know, a perfect movie. I know, but I'm I, like I'm all, I'm cool with that, but it seems like at a certain point you are trapping yourself in your childhood. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe there is something to it too where like both Nightmare Before Christmas and uh MCR uh like created the store hot topic. Mm-hmm. Like those two things together. And Jared is, Leto's Joker. Of course. Yeah, Suicide how could Squad. we how could we forget that? Yeah, of yeah. course. Um is yeah, he coming? Like Jared Leto's Joker is more of like a tap out guy. <laughs> okay. I feel like he's like he's yeah he's gross in a different way. He was hot topic before Suicide Squad came out, and then it came out, and people were like, oh, "Let's just get rid of him." Yeah, this. Requiem Leto is hot topic. Mm. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the um, heroin arm that's like rotting. That's hot. Topic. Hot topic yeah. wishes it did heroin. <laughs> it never will because it's very scaled. But so you know what I'm scared of. Well. Oh, you're. Oh, we're staying on this. I oh, just wanted staying. to ask. Let's pretend that Shit. there is a new MCR album coming. What could it be, and what would it take for it to be good? I, I'm scared. I, you know why I'm scared because I feel that the natural continuation of Danger Days, the album, is the the Blurry Face album by Twenty One Pilots. I think that is Yikes. what, like, when I heard that, I was like, this is what MCR would have put out post-Sing, because Sing fits right in on that album. You know what I mean? They're rappy at all, though. Uh, I mean, they still, like, hey, Danger Days does, I'm <laughs> not a big me. fan of that. I think that album is, like, super uneven, but Na 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 is a fucking amazing song. Like, that's a that's a banger of a song. Yeah. So, even if they just did like just put out like a couple of singles that kind of because Na 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 isn't like it it's very different from their old sound it leaves a little bit of that emo punk aesthetic behind but it still has the punchiness to it yeah so if they put out something that is like that then I mean I would be receptive to it at least I can't say for sure that it would be good or bad but I at least be open to it yeah I I don't want it, but if that's what I need to get them to go on tour, then you know I'll deal yeah. with listening to some new songs. It's just their them live is outrageously good. Like the Black Parade live album is unbelievable sounding, and they, the aesthetics of their tour is they also should incredible. go on a Black Parade reunion tour. Even though the tenth anniversary was last year, they should just do like a twelfth anniversary. When is a fifteenth anniversary for Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge? Because that's the best MCR album. Uh, let's see, Three Cheers. Fifteenth yeah, anniversary would have been this year. 
Oh, let's go. Oh, wait, still got no, time. No, Black the, Parade's 06, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, I accidentally looked up yeah. the So, uh, 2021. Album. Huh? Yeah. What do you think about me? <laughs> I, yeah, honestly. If they, if they went back to the sound from Three Cheers and they made an album like that, I think that could be incredible. I'm going to tell you right now, they're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, when have you ever heard a punk band veer out of punk and then go back in hard punk and it work well? I that pretty never. much never happens. Yeah, these dudes it's are all like 40. Fall Out Boy when they did Centuries. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. That shit goes fucking hard, dude. Fucking I love moshing to Centuries. <laughs> I did want to mention that uh, Rage Against the Machine did not want to be left out of the party. And they also announced a reunion. That is, uh, as far as wanting to see a band live, that's almost as high on my list. I mean, they're going to headline... Rage is nuts. They're going to headline Coachella. Rage is also an extremely consistent band. Like, they are just... They put out a lot of bangers over there. And Tom Morello has been working. Yeah, and he's like... They're all, like, I feel like relatively sober. It's not like it would be sad. None of them, like, you know, got swollen after (laughs) the band. Yeah, there's no beefy dudes in there. No, they all look good, like they all how's Gerard Way looking these days? Is he a little beefy? He he got a little chunk, um, but it's nothing. It's nothing too crazy. Um, he looks like Billy Corgan, to be honest. I mean, but it, with hair, of course. Unfortunately, right now, uh, Rage Against the Machine. The only dates that they have are all West Coast dates. Yeah, and it's some 2020 stuff. So they have like El Paso, um, La Cruces, New Mexico, Phoenix, and then the Coachella dates is the only dates they have announced right now. The other thing that you have to worry about is when bands get older like this, if they aren't like they don't desperately need money, then they'll probably just tour around where they're from to make mm-hmm. it convenient for them. So that's going to be a thing for both MCR and I feel like Rage. it's probably not even a money thing for some of them. I feel like they're fine. They just they want to hang out with their friends. Yeah, money and, they and play yeah, these like songs. missing. I think they want people a little bit to care crazy. again. Right. Also, you yeah. know, I think more than the money, it's like a they midlife just, crisis. Thing. Yeah, they, they end see, up realizing that. Oh, I don't have the golden touch. I just had it for one thing. Yeah. So I need to go back to that. They see like one list of the most influential bands on Vox, and they aren't on there. And they're like, "Fuck this! We're getting the band back together. Yeah. We're gonna make people remember us." Yeah. You guys hear Fuels and coming we're, back? We're in a hole. <laughs> we're in a whole nostalgia <laughs> culture now. You know, it, everything is feeding off of what was old and making it new again. So it just makes sense yeah, for rock stars to want to tap into It that. really is kind of a fine line because, like, I I obviously appreciate fandom and being a huge fan of something. But to adorn yourself head to toe in this merch that is like a, a hallmark of your childhood is a little... Uh, it's not like bad, but it's worrisome to me. Like it's like you are you are putting yourself in a cage. I do want to say that you're saying this while I am wearing a coheed shirt, a coheed hat, and coheed uh, boxers. I was sub Hot. Yeah, yeah, I was subtweeting you. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Yeah, well, my my penis is hanging out right now. Yeah, you and co- I to- your coheed I penis tattooed coheed and Cambria on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so it's. On both sides. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not just one coheed yeah. and cambrium. Well, and you, it's it's very small. I well, you also got plastic like surgery to make your dick into a perfect equilateral <laughs> triangle, and then your balls are two penis. perfect circles. Um, That's whenever I first saw this band, I was like, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was already like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like that. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of nostalgia crisis, <laughs> let's talk about Star Wars. Well, Star Wars finds itself in a little bit of a nostalgia crisis right now <laughs> because one guy came in and he was like, look, let's just do something that's not about nostalgia. And then 
he got murdered. Yeah, and everyone was like, rabble, rabble, And he rabble. made arguably <laughs> one of, if not the best Star Wars movies. I hear you, Ryan Johnson. We're here for you. We stand. Honey, we're listening to you, not to anybody else. Well, he, Mr. Ryan Johnson, is still on to make three mm. more movies. Who wants to make a bet that that one's not going to stick? I could see it being on Disney Plus, maybe. Um, okay, so big news this past week was that Benioff and Weiss left the Star Wars project. My God, if I could have, if that was something that you could have gambled on, I would have bet my house that I do not own on that happening. Sure. Because yeah. after all of the backlash of trying to take one uh, product that was beloved by people and they getting shitted on, do you really yeah. think they wanted to jump into something with an even more passionate fan base? Fuck no. The funny thing is that this was just announced like this summer (laughs) back when Game of Thrones was airing. So as these episodes were coming out that were not good, the news dropped that they were making Star Wars and they were (laughs) everyone was like, yikes. So I have a question for you guys um, because I'm not as plugged in regarding Game of Thrones. Did Benioff and Weiss say anything publicly that was like antagonizing their critics over the course of any of this span because no, no. people are going after them as if they murdered a baby on on yeah, online. I, people need to chill the fuck well, out. Well, hey, guess what? That shares a lot in common with everybody post The Last Jedi. So yeah, it's, that's it is, what it reminded it me is, of it as soon as it was announced. I've like, been thinking that maybe they came out like calling their fans like a slur or some shit because no. people are going after them as if it's not a television show. And listen... I get really upset when people fuck up shit that I love. I get that. I also don't feel super bad for these two guys because uh, Benioff specifically, his dad like owned Chase Bank or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like this is a little you know billionaire this boy. Is, this is the guy that friend of the pod Brett just uh, partied with in L.A. <laughs> no, that was uh, DB Weiss. That was DB Weiss. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. The cool one. <laughs> <laughs> the one that plays not the guitar. one. It's the one who did it right, Gemini Man. Oh, it's okay. just absolutely insane to me. The amount, like half of Reddit, if you go to r slash all is r slash free folk, which is the Thrones memes. Man. And all of them are just going after their lives, man. Like it is some wild well, shit. It's I, like, yeah, it's just that they're not that great at their job. So, like plenty of people are not that great at their fucking job. Well, there's another key to this, which is something that was that also came out um, about a month or two ago. And that's that they signed a $250 million deal with Netflix. Yeah, nine figures. So they're going to be working. Yeah, like, and I mean, I don't. it hasn't been announced what this Netflix thing is going to be. What it's, I mean, I'm assuming that it would have some kind of IP attached to it, but we don't know anything about what's going on there. Um, yeah, well, here's the thing. If they're adapting more things, guess what? It'll be good because they're good at that. Yeah. They literally proved that. They proved exactly what they're good at and exactly what they're bad at. They also wrote two of the all-time best episodes of Always Sunny. Uh, they're not like talentless fucking idiots, you know? Like Also, they came into the TV business from like a literary background, mm-hmm. and they just picked it up like it was nothing and made the biggest show of all time. Yeah. That said, uh, the monologue about Bran the Broken when he takes over is awful. But hey, listen, you can't you can't always hey, why'd I come all this way? <laughs> I without That's getting into spoilers about, right? stories. because this isn't a spoiler Game of Thrones thing. I uh I I we talked about it way back in the day whenever we did Game of Thrones. I didn't have a really a problem with where characters ended up. I just didn't like how we got there, which is 
the writing it's it, that's the screenplay which they decided to take over writing the screenplays yeah and maybe that's the problem because i feel like they actually do have good writing visions they just don't know how to write the, the dialogue the moments to get us there. right yeah i would they be had help i think that they are good showrunners i think that they are actually really good capable showrunners they were really smart about not letting anything get leaked even stuff that was actually in the books that also is a credit to the the book readers that didn't let things uh leak publicly uh before it actually yeah. happened on the show but between moments like that and i mean just kind of the general direction where they took it i liked the moments it just didn't like the trip there i like the destination and for the, the other, most part for the, the other part. thing is these after the show uh little featurettes that drop after each episode you have dd on camera being like oh yeah danny forgot about the Iron Fleet. <laughs> she just she forgot about them, and that's why her dragon died. <laughs> it's like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's really. Funny. It makes you feel like they just have no no finger on the pulse. So whatsoever. there were too many instances of them like of them consciously on camera saying things like that, and it's like, dude, this used to be one of the best written shows yeah. on television. Speaking of those things, I don't know if I've talked about on pod how awful those always are somehow. Like, I love the succession ones. I hate them. Sometimes. No, Sometimes it's Jesse Armstrong bad. being like, yeah, uh, so in what you just saw, <laughs> this just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they don't explain anything. Or they ha- yeah, I they have one of the most interesting creators in all of TV in a room, I would and they ask him to do a recap. Just, if they just did like like a whole production notes thing about just being like, yeah, we spent like a week in the Baltic Islands shooting this yeah. sequence. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, they'll have do something where it's like a, a little bit insightful. Yeah. Like they'll yeah. have the actor that plays Shiv on it. She'll be like, yeah, this was a rough one for my character. And it's like, yeah, what about your, like your life? I don't know. So anything I don't know. So those featurettes are actually incredible on the deuce because a lot of the things in the show are actually based on real events that Ooh. went down. See, that'd be cool. So they talk about like the actual people and and their lives that inspired the characters on the show and it's really illuminating, especially because the story that's being told on the Deuce is a story of a very specific area of Manhattan that becomes yeah. this monolith to advertisement and how it started as like this cesspool of sex and prostitution yeah anyway quick plug for the deuce there uh speaking of nothing problematic going speaking on speaking of pornography <laughs> let's talk about arctic dogs yeah. yes. see that's the best transition talk about you've ever had Ernest. that's good um arctic dogs is doing really well at the box office anything that says otherwise is fake news i mean yeah we did we bought out every theater in the uh north orlando area yeah. this past weekend and we let a bunch of uh vagrants in to watch it <laughs> all the homeless people in the city and they hated it <laughs> and so did everybody else who so saw that it. was just a chance for them to go into air conditioning so and they were like they just left last night drew and i went to see the lighthouse and we're we're regal boys now. We're unlimited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, before the lighthouse started, I pulled up the regal app and I saw that there was a ten o'clock showing for Arctic Dogs. We could have done. Why it. the fuck didn't you guys go? I regret it. I figured I, it would have been sold out like three yeah. times. Well, like we people to, sitting in the aisles. We have to like, go experience that together because we're just gonna do a live podcast in the theater. Because guess what? It's gonna be yeah, empty. No one else will be in it. Um, two million, so, three million. So it made two point nine million. Opened in two thousand eight hundred theaters. 
This wow. has got to be the is, biggest bomb like ever. That is horrible <laughs> per screen average. The per screen average is about a thousand dollars. That is a twenty four does better movies than that. Better this box is office numbers. Depressing than that. as fuck. It's gonna be like Russian election data, where like one day it's gonna jump from like this to like a hundred million, and mm-hmm. it'll be definitely not from the theaters. <laughs> it'll just be like, oh, some, uh, you know, some beneficiary uh, just gave the box office a bunch of money. You know, I there's gonna be foul play. If I know my guy Renner, like I do, uh, as a premium app user, uh, he, there, he's gonna he's gonna pay someone, uh, a to kill his wife. Uh, and then B. no, he's gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, what a fucked up situation! What I, I did want to say, I want to correct myself. <laughs> Unfortunately, Arctic Dogs, even at two point nine million dollars, it still made more money than Parasite or The Lighthouse this weekend. Oh, Granted, oh man, uh, it's that's on a... triple to quintuple the number of screens that those movies yeah. are on and they barely beat no that movie, i don't care but... about all your data i care about one thing money and we live in a meritocracy the best movies rise to the top and our dogs is better than either of these yeah. uh, little indies. I, okay so just for for because it doesn't really tell the full story just looking at gross if you look at the per screen average which is usually the best way to do it arctic dogs finished at an average of a thousand dollars and twenty or $1,020, Parasite finished at an average of $5,500 so, per yikes. screen. Do you know who is in shambles right now is Greg, who, <laughs> yeah, who <laughs> selected for it for our uh, fantasy film league. Thinking that it was going to be a, a box the, office a sleep smash. Hit. I mean, I would believe that this type of garbage would make $100 million. That happens regularly. It's just... This movie was made with funny money, and I don't think that yeah. they spend enough on advertising. I guess Entertainment Studios Motion Pictures. There's that a, is not that is like prestige worldwide. <laughs> That's nothing. Are you gonna go with like Adam's Family or something like that that at least has some kind of IP or yeah. you know like a uh, good animation behind it? Yeah, no. Somebody's cooking books to make this movie. It's like, Jeremy this is, Renner. Like this is yeah. to support his music career this is to support all the saudi assassins he's got running around this movie cost 50 million dollars <laughs> well that's just um, so i'm gonna go ahead and make a bold prediction that's not gonna make that back i this has got to be the biggest bomb like of all time we have to <laughs> like what the fuck we, <laughs> if it made two like less than three million dollars opening weekend that's gonna get cut in half second weekend this really might be like it might not even make five million dollars. It might not make back ten like percent of its budget. Fifty is a lot. We have to. I mean, see it's it. not a huge. They might. This movie might get like <laughs> buried. It might. God. Yeah. No. It might get like uh, erased. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We're gonna have Regal to. Regal is it actively leaves. pulling all their showings. They're yeah. like, fuck. We got just we throw gotta, up another showing right. of the Joker. <laughs> Jeremy, I know you're listening. We got to get you on the show, buddy. Mm-hmm. Before you go to prison. For life, yeah. For manslaughter, <laughs> before you murder suicide yourself, mm-hmm. you got to come on and, and just explain what the hell is going on. Uh, you could do a live performance for us. That's how you get them. Yeah, that's how you get them to come. You, Whoa! We should reach out to him and we'll be like, "Hey, I don't know if you've heard. Like, we have this podcast. We get about ten million listens every episode. Like, I think it'd be really good publicity for you." Yeah. What are we doing still doing the podcast? There's a movie theater across the street from us right now. Mm. Let's um, just let's just I do got, a pod I got field trip. I gotta do. I, uh, we I'm, should all vow though, if by some 
like I said, there's funny money involved. So if like the soundtrack ends up on vinyl, we have to we have to buy it. Oh yes. <laughs> I bet we could like actually look into getting the right so that that could just be our intro music and we won't get sued. Right, right. And that's uh, what we want. Did you guys know that Michael Madsen is in this movie? Oh god. There's it actually has like a semi decent cast. Hey, Heidi too. Klum. Yeah. We love her. Poor Heidi Klum. Alex and also Baldwin. Franco. The all these poor Ugh. celebrities wasted 3 days of their life and only <laughs> earned $500,000 each. I feel bad for the animators. The animators are the real losers here. Wait, I guess is Tommy Lee Jones no longer in it? He's, I remember what was, at, what was he? He was like some, a talking like candle or something. I, yeah, at some point he was supposed to play a phone. <laughs> and now he's no <laughs> longer he on the on He was the like castles. he was like the Siri of this universe. <laughs> yeah, he's like his character um, is It's gone. called Jexy. Okay. Renner's like, I didn't call my wife. <laughs> and Tommy Lee's like, I don't care. <laughs> Calling your wife. John Cleese is in this movie. Angelica Hudson. My God. I Alec Baldwin. Why? Why is this happening? Because they got they all got paid like 500k in like Middle East money for yeah. no work. Yeah, they just you know that this was literally they came in there. It's like all right, let's run through all these lines. You'll be out of here by lunch. Yeah, Four, and then meanwhile, there's a sweatshop of animators 14, who had to make this in two weeks. Fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, who? That means somebody liked find a it. find a positive right. Okay, now. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. <laughs> William. Bibiani of the rap <laughs> says the story is best when it's playful and odd and only truly pops when Cleese's eccentric supervillain is on screen. Mm. The rest of the time, it's merely a functional series of events. <laughs> functional. Wow. That's Five good. stars. <laughs> Why is this positive? I, uh, I mean, Hey, on the positive side, 54% of people on Google liked the movie. Yeah. That's over half of the five people who went and saw it this weekend liked it. All right. Well, we're going to have to go see it at this point. Roger Moore uh, has a good one-word review on Rotten Tomatoes. Joyless. (laughs) 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 That's it. God damn it. You had one job, Arctic Dogs. Okay, so there is actually a very long review of a five-out-of-five-star review on uh, Netflix. Um, On Netflix? On uh, on Letterboxd, excuse me. Um, And it's made by... I can now just tell by reading the skimming the first paragraph, it's made by a Renner boy. <laughs> I would like to preface this review by talking about Jeremy Renner. If you Jeremy has been known me, for a lot I, of things. I, I might know who they are from the app. It might be one of my <laughs> boys. Notably his it's app. a cross-reference. <laughs> there is nothing I adore more than seeing his beautiful face pop up at me every time yeah. I open the app. Let's fucking go, dude. Whoa. He is a world-renowned musician and makes his oh debut. All right, you found my review. <laughs> it got 100 out of 100. <laughs> it's a perfect film. I'm going to make a post on the Renner app about this movie's reception. What is this What is this Letterbox account? Um, shout out to Nerd Awesomeness. Okay. Ew. Is this a troll account? I, I can only... Epic nerd time. No, well, the other reviews are actually, like, credible. Like, two and a half stars for Dark Fate, five stars for Eighth Grade, five stars for Arctic Dogs. I mean, that is a joke review. <laughs> That's no one... The only people who have that opinion are on my app, and I know all their names. It's not, a, it's not epic awesomeness time. Are it's, we sure? It's not Shannon. It's not Daisy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not Arlene. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. There's more higher rated reviews than you would think for a movie like this. Seriously? What's best, the average? Larry gave it, he said, genuinely, the best animated film of the whole year. Mm. Hear what? That? Sorry, Toy Story. <laughs> what the fuck? Another person said, my favorite line, smells like the earth made a poopy. 
<laughs> All right, we got to see this movie. <laughs> I, we need to see it. That actually is, I, I like that line. <laughs> if we don't see it in I theaters, can't, I can't. I'm scared that they're not going to put it on VOD. Dude, it's going straight to crate. You didn't hear that? Okay. Yeah, it's going straight to crate. Well, you can hopefully look forward to our review of Arctic Dogs next week. Um, if we're not taken out by uh, Jeremy uh, Renner's people, Jeremy, just come on the show, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're let's let's talk about this. Let's settle it. Um, also, maybe Terminator Dark Fate. I'll probably check it out. I, I hate myself. <laughs> um, also, please listen to our review of The Lighthouse if you haven't already. Our review of Parasite is actually one of uh, probably our most popular episode of the last couple months. Ooh, so yeah. thanks for recommending that and, and sharing that one. Please keep doing so and yeah. rate and reviewing us. People and- want more Renner content. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. this is going to pop off. I, I'll tell you one thing about Letterboxd. It got a two and a half star review. I wanted to see the middle reviews because the five stars are trolls. Uh, two and a half star review from a guy who's... Avi is from Sausage Party. So this guy has discerning taste oh, nice. concerning okay. animated it's the, movies. the hot dog? Yes. From the poster? Yes. Uh, and he, he gave it a truly tepid two and a half stars. And that's a guy I trust more than any of these trolls. I don't think that they're trolls. I think that they're all genuine. We don't joke about loving well, Jeremy Renner on this podcast. We're going to have to see for ourselves. So let us know on Twitter um, if you want a regular old review or a commentary track we'll probably be better off just watching it in the in the safety of our own home because you know these arctic dog screenings you never know what kind of shenanigans people are going to pull yeah, i mean it's getting like the same kind of thing the same kind of security as joker yeah like you get searched before you <laughs> right. go in there yeah no there has Some been climate a, sh- change a shooting denials. at every screening of arctic dogs there's been a and then it's, the, it's been a suicide. Yeah, and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all suicides. And then once that happens, they have to take away from the box office because the guy didn't actually see it. <laughs> he just paid for the ticket. Um, so unfortunately, this would have made like a hundred million dollars, but everybody's killing themselves. Um, all right, <laughs> uh, we bought a mic, Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us all on there, and yeah, stick around. Lighthouse, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Um, knives out. Knives out. Irish. Seeing it this week, man. That the the trailer played while me and Ernie I, were seeing I Lighthouse. My eyes. That cat. I know. Like we already know the cast, but really seeing them all in sequence, mm. you're like, how are they even going to fit them all in there? Like people are going to be disrespected almost. You could say it's going to take a knife out to fit them. Bye. Um, <laughs> Been playing by the rules, but they don't apply to me. They always say I don't belong. And people always told me that I'd never mean a thing. I'm just trying to prove them wrong.